When witches go riding and black cats are seen, the moon laughs and whispers, "Tis near Halloween." If you like to learn but lack enough time to locate the reason or translate the rhyme, with magical knowledge from ancient tomes on the shelf, I bring Halloween topics to geek thyself. Hello, everyone. I'm Heather, and I'll be your host for this podcast. Halloween is my favorite holiday and my favorite spooky time of the year. So park your broom at the door and listen for a spell, as I brew up some Halloween topics for this week and the rest of October. Welcome back, everyone. Hi, guys. We're doing more of the spoops. Yes. Still in October. Some more spoops. This is how it works. Mm-hmm. Exactly. All of, all of Halloween month. Um, yes, that's correct. It is Halloween month, as I like to call it. So every week we're talking about something that's a little bit Halloween related or perhaps a little spooky. Like this week. This week is a spoopy. Yes, this week is a spoopy. So this week I... Uh, I am taking lead because this is something I wanted to talk about. Um, anyone who... Like I took leave with <laughs> films. This is kind of your turf. But yes. I know a little bit about it and I am, I am the questioner here. Yes. This is, uh, this is... So we're going to be talking about a spooky treasure hunt. So uh, for anyone who's listened to any of the previous episodes, you've probably figured out that I'm a little bit of a history nerd. Just a, just, just a tad. Just a, just just a little. Tad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> so recently I started watching a docu-series on Netflix um, called The Curse of Oak Island. Uh, now, to be clear, this episode we're doing right now is not about the TV show, though it was inspired by it, because that got me wondering more about what exactly is the history of this place and what's going on. So... Even the very, the main origin story that's told of how this all started is a little spooky. The story goes that back in 1795, three teenage boys, and there's slightly different variations of this story, but the one that's spooky that I'm focusing on, and the one that they focus on in the the TV show, is that these three teenage boys, David McGinnis, John Smith, and Anthony Vaughn were in the area of Oak Island in Nova Scotia off the coast of Canada in the Atlantic Ocean. And it's an island that's not very far from the mainland. It's only about 600-something feet, a couple hundred yards from the mainland. So they were able to take a boat across, but they saw these strange lights over on Oak Island. And they went to investigate because they weren't they were curious what it was and there were rumors about pirates and stuff in the area so why these three teenage boys thought that would be smart who knows but they decided to go investigate the creepy lights i'm sorry i'm just going to point out teenage boys you know that's fair that's fair (laughs) so these three boys decided to go check it out they followed the lights or at least what they thought was the path of the lights through the trees and they got to this gigantic oak tree and when they looked up uh, 
Daniel McGinnis, who was like the son of a carpenter, carpenter family, looked up and saw signs on the tree of it being used like with pulleys and things like that. Saw the saw marks he recognized and saw an actual pulley hanging down um, off of one of the limbs of the tree. And where the boys were standing, they noticed a depression in the dirt. As if perhaps... Like a trap? No, as if perhaps something had been buried there and then the the dirt settled. Okay, I'm with you. Okay. So that kind of like a depression in the ground. And so Mm -hmm. they started digging. And they kept digging. And as they dug down... Like with their hands? Well, they came back with tools. Oh, okay. They might have started with their hands, but they eventually came back with tools. Smart boys. (laughs) (laughs) They started digging and they started to find a few things. Uh, One of the things they found that was very strange is that they dug down about 10 feet or so, roughly 10 feet, and they found a bunch of wooden planks that had been, and supports of some kind that had been laying across like a floor. Some variations of the story say that instead of um, actual planks, they just saw signs every 10 feet of some kind of work having been done to create like a tunnel of some kind. Right. Okay. And every 10 feet down, they found another platform. And they kept going and going and going. And along the way, the story goes that they did find occasional bits and pieces of treasure as they were going. So they kept digging. And this big pit that they dug on the island became known as the Money Pit. The original Money Pit. Over time, they started buying land on the island so that they could protect their claim. And uh, one interesting thing, actually, is that in the third season of the TV show, which is the one I just watched, um, the direct descendants of Daniel McGinnis came back to the island. Three, Three women, three sisters, came back to the island to show the brothers in the TV show that are treasure hunting... Um, a family heirloom, which was a very, very, very old-looking gold cross that they'd had a jeweler look at before and had told them that it was roughly 500 years old based off what the jeweler thought. They didn't do testing, just the jeweler looking at it thought it was roughly 500 years old. So about 1600s then? Uh, 1500 to 1600s, yeah, somewhere in there. So it'd been buried there for maybe 200 years before the, the family found it, basically. Right. And their story, the sisters said that the uh, the cross had been handed down from father to son throughout their family, and when their brother died, he gave it to them and told them to never let it out of their sight and protect it, because it was the family heirloom, basically. And their family story was that Daniel McGinnis and his two friends found three treasure chests, and each family took one. That's the story they were always told. Now, the, one of the things that's interesting is that a hundred or so years ago, there also started to be talk of a curse on the island because whoever buried things, whoever created the original platforms that Daniel McGinnis and his friends found, booby-trapped everything. Okay. <laughs> so, like, um... Like, post them digging it up? no. Like, uh, when it was built, it was booby-trapped when they built it. Oh. So, were the boys just incredibly lucky not to set anything off? Well, so the booby-trap wasn't that kind of a booby-trap. 
it was very, very well built, but also very strange. So what happened is over the years, you know, um, technology improved slightly and they needed money. So the three boys did partner with um, some other treasure seekers to get more funding and keep digging and digging and digging the tunnel. And they got down all the way to 90 feet. And every 10 feet, there was a platform, just like the first one they'd found. At 90 feet, the platform they found had a, a rock on it, like a, a stone plaque that had very, right. very weird symbols carved into it, symbols that no one recognized. Weird. Um, and as soon as they picked up that plaque rock. and removed it, as soon as they removed the rock, the tunnel flooded with water. Damn. And they discovered that there was a flood tunnel by um, intersecting with the tunnel they had been digging down. Huh. And um, later, another group of explorers sort of followed the line of where that tunnel went to one of the coves on the island called Smith's Cove. And at Smith's Cove, they started digging around and they found um, box drains. So basically, it's sort of like ancient Roman aqueduct type of style drains that had been yeah, put yeah. into that cove um, to put water into the money pit. Damn. <laughs> and, and whoever put it there covered those drains with um, something called eelgrass, which is like grass that grows on the bottom of the ocean in that area. Like seaweed kind of thing? It's but it's it's seagrass basically, a type a type of seagrass. But they used eel grass to protect the drains so they wouldn't clog up, and then covered the eel grass with coconut husk. And the because the coconut husk would help filter out the dirt and stuff, so that okay. the water could flow into them, but they wouldn't fill up with dirt and clog. That's incredibly sophisticated for 1700s. Well, it's pre-1700s. Oh, yeah, because that's when they found it. Because that's when they found it. And then the whole thing was covered over with dirt and rocks again. So someone not only built whatever platforms or structure that the boys found and started digging down, but they also booby-trapped it so that it would flood with water. And there's no way that those box drains were just an accident. Someone had to have oh. put them there purposely. Which kind of suggests that when you get that far down, there's more treasure. Exactly. Which they're actually protecting. Exactly. And that is why there are so many people who have speculations on who did it, where they buried it, why they did it, like all these kinds of things. There's so many different theories, even just in the one season of the show that I watched. I think they had like 10 different people come in and give them different theories on what's buried on the island. Um, the one thing they all agree on is that there's definitely something buried on the island. And every time someone seems to be getting close, it seems like something always happens that derails it. Really? Yeah, and it's not like not always major. There is a supposed curse or legend that says that the treasure won't be found until seven men have lost their lives or until seven people have died. So far, six have. 
There was an unknown worker. Okay. While, while this, while this, while you're looking at the notes, mm-hmm. just a quick question: like, where did this legend come from? I wasn't like, able to find a source of the legend about the deaths. Yeah, because like that seems like a pretty big thing that's just come out of nowhere. A mm-hmm. bit. Yeah, right. I, I wasn't able to find a specific source for that. I did look, and I didn't see where it came from. So it might just kind of be one of those things where people started joking about it, and then it became and then it became the curse. like urban legends that yeah. become like entrenched in actual history. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Either way, it seems very interesting. Ah, here we go. Okay, and like I said, there's slight variations of, um, you know, how old the boys were, what exactly they found that led them to start digging, but every all accounts agree they started digging, they found stuff, and then over the years, more and more people went to look and dig and try to find stuff. So the earliest excavations happened in the late 1790s, which is when it was supposedly first found, and they started looking through it. Um, at the time, they thought that the gold, the depression and the hiding and everything of the gold was potentially um, consistent with the story of Captain Kidd, the story of a pirate at the time. And then um, they kept digging and, like I said, flooded with the seawater. Okay, the... um, Where did it go? I'm trying to find the names. I know the name of the person. I'm tra- there it is. Okay. So in terms of deaths, there was an unknown one very early on. Yeah, like no one the kno- work you said. Yeah, no one knows who the person is. And then, um, unfortunately, uh, in the 19- late 1950s and 1960s, there were four deaths all at once. Okay, so that was a fairly big accident. Yeah, so over the years, no big surprise, you know, treasure hunting. There have been lots of people who've gone to the island and tried to find the hidden treasure. And there's a million different theories on what the treasure could be, who hid it there, where it's hidden. You know, this island is not that big. And yet there's somehow millions and millions of ideas of where exactly everything could be hidden. Um, And there's one of the things that was weird about the island also is that there's there were a lot of strange stone markings. Um, Not far from where the money pit was, there were um, found stones, very heavy big stones, that were laid out in a triangle. And the point of the triangle pointed directly north at the money pit. And they, they were laid out in such a way where it was like this this didn't just happen. Someone placed these here kind of situation. Right. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And there were other things. There's a few stones around the island that look like they've clearly been drilled or worked at in some way. But they were found that way. It, you know, it's not like the people coming to the island treasure hunting randomly drilled a stone. They were just found that way already. There's... It's a, that's a bit intriguing because of how early on it would have been. Like, to actually mm-hmm. drill into it, that would have been manual. Yeah. Yeah, it would have had to have been. One of the many theories is that um, perhaps some Roman involvement. 
Um, I mean, we do know that the Roman Empire stretched very far, and also like the Carthaginian the Carthaginians were known for being amazing sailors. So it's not impossible that they could have traveled up towards Nova Scotia and, and ended up used, in that area. And it uses their sewering system as a booby trap. Something so, very similar to it, yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's an interesting theory. So um, the unfortunately, though, of course, you know, people were very, very interested in finding it, and equipment is was not as good then as it is now. So. Um, there's been several famous people who made some minor discoveries of a few little artifacts, um, things like, you know, an axe or an anchor, you know, nothing insane, but, um, one of the more, more famous is Gilbert Hedden, who has a tunnel that they, has recently been rediscovered, and he was digging near the money pit. His tunnel that he dug actually intersected into the money pit above the water so there was hope of possibly accessing things below the flood through there um and then the the deaths that i mentioned unfortunately um during the 1959 to 1966 excavations of uh robert restall and robert dunfield uh robert restall took his whole family with him it was his family they didn't all pass away thankfully but it was his, him and his son and his wife and daughter all moved to Oak Island and he went treasure hunting. He caught the fever, just like so many people before him, and wanted to go investigate. Um, unfortunately... Okay. Uh, when you said he caught the fever, I was like, what fever? <laughs> Gold fever. <laughs> okay, I'm with you now. It's like, I know there was a curse, but it's the fever part of the curse? Yeah, so... Um, oh, okay. Yeah, unfortunately... Um, his team on August uh, 17th in 1959 um, met with tragedy. They, one of the tunnels they were working in filled with hydrogen sulfide fumes. So to- toxic fumes. Um, so he, he passed away down there. His son went down to try to find him and also lost consciousness. And then after that happened, two of their other workers uh, three of their other workers, sorry, went down and tried to save them. Um, unfortunately, they uh, didn't all make it back out. One of the workers was rescued beca- by another person who happened to be nearby. He was able to get him so, out. But, so two rescuers, the son and the father. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Robert Restall Sr. and Robert Restall Jr. And then... Um, a man named Gracer and Cyril Hiltz all died. And there is a memorial on the island to everyone who's died in the search for the treasure. Okay. So that's five so far. There's the one on its own. There's the four. Was the one in between the two? Um, oh, that's right. Um, I did miss one. So ah. it, it was in um, 1896. That, it was the okay, second so accident. In, in between the two. Yeah. yeah, in between the two. It was the second accidental death. Um, it was March 26th, 26th of 1897. Um, a worker named Maynard Kaiser fell to his death. Unfortunately, what happened is when they were pulling, and this is one of the another one of the things that people use to say that like it's cursed if you get too close, they were pulling the basket back up 
that from he was pit. in from the from the pit, and the ropes yeah. snapped. Oh, yeah. Okay. With with sense. no warning, they like the rope had been fine all day, no problems. Didn't even seem frayed, and then it snapped. And so that was before it flooded, because it flooded after they found the deep, deep bit. Um, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. Okay, so those are six deaths, and essentially, so it's been. Oh, so it's been about seventy years since the last death. Roughly, yeah. So, like, if 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 the legend is seven, why are people tempting fate with that? I mean, I guess people want the treasure, (laughs) but you know. Yeah, it's, very... it's, it's the treasure. Yeah, I get that. So, speaking of treasure, that's the thing we'll talk about a bit more when we maybe get back from the break. Mm-hmm. All right, sounds like, sounds like a plan. All right, hi everyone. Welcome to our spooky mid-roll. Ooh, so spooky. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm going to start off by talking about World Anvil. If you would like to build your very own creepy, spooktastic world, then World Anvil is the most amazing tool. It's full of a lot of wonderful technological hocus pocus that will let you build a world that is very fleshed out and create all sorts of magical wiki-like connections between your different uh, write-ups of characters and places and items in the world. It's the most robust world building uh, tool that we have ever found here at NerdSmith. It's an amazing, amazing, amazing program, amazing website, worldanvil.com. They actually won an any for being an amazing world building man- and management tool. We can't talk about them enough, not to mention the fact that everyone over there is absolutely amazing and fantastic. Uh, Janet, one of the owners, is actually even on a show here at NerdSmith called Shattered Forge, and she's just a lot of fun. Can't I can't say how much we love them because it would just take the entire rest of this episode to do that. Um, so you should go check them out at worldanvil.com. Yes. Okay. And also, uh, with all the games that we play involving dice, we, of course, mm-hmm. are best friends with Castle Die Hard at Die Hard Dice. Yes. They create amazing polymer and metal dice with all kinds of finishes, all kinds of colors. Their dual color series are absolutely gorgeous. They've got their own unique metal dice, which they create the molds for, mm-hmm. along with their own new acrylic dice, uh, with their purple moonstone and the blue moonstone they have as well. I can't wait to see what they come out with next because it's all always beautiful. Yeah. They have the scroll of rolling, which we keep so mentioning pretty. because it's amazing. It's a portable dice box. Who doesn't need that? Mm-hmm. Every every dungeon master needs it. Is what the answer to that question is. Yes. And that's great because if you're a dungeon master. And you want one of these things, because of course you do, because it, you can roll dice on the go. You can uh, go to Die Hard Dice right now and use the code GeekDiceOff and get 15%, that's one five off your first or next order, because they're just that lovely. Yes. So feel free to use that code on all of your dice clicky clacky desires. Yes, excellent. Just, just don't get quite as many as Tessa did, because then you might not have any money. Right. Although you'll have saved some with the 15% off, and then you get to have... Oh, yeah, you'll have... Yeah, you'll have more money than that, but... (laughs) And you get the lovely ASMR of the clickety-clackety math rocks. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, math rocks, they're great. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, if you want to roll with the best, all you need to do is go to dice.com. Mm-hmm. All right, and with that, let's get into some of the theories of Oak Island's hidden treasure. Ooh. Okay, so the theories are where things really get crazy. Yeah, I'm kind of interested to hear all these theories, because if they've got <laughs> a whole series with new theories on every episode, there's got to be mat, like loads of theories. And you said, like, how big was this island? Like, it was less than, like, a mile long, wasn't it? Uh, let me pull up the exact dimensions for you. It is not yeah. a very big island. You would no, really, right, it can't be. You would really expect it to be bigger. It is, it's only 140 acres. Oh, wow. So... Okay, a little mm-hmm. bit over a mile, but that's still not a lot at all. No, it's not a large island by any means. It really isn't. Mm. I, I don't suppose like there are any sort of occupied people who live on it? There are, actually. Well, uh, I don't know well, that like, they live there year-round. Whether round, at the time but... like it was discovered? Sorry. There were people who lived on it at the time it was discovered. Um, there were a few different property owners, and of course, like I said, the, the three men or boys, depending on which version of the story you find, that found the original pit did purchase land on the island to make sure that they had control of their claim. Um, at one point, uh, I don't have the exact year in front of me, but at one point, the land of the island was basically segmented into different plots. Yeah. It was... Okay. Uh, see if I can find it. I believe it was 34 plots or 32 plots that were all 32 four acre lots. Yeah. Um, so basically it was surveyed and split into those areas in roughly uh, 1761. And okay, so about 10 years before the boys mm-hmm. went, uh, were there. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. It was a British settlement, uh, settlement in the early days, up way up North. And then, um, over time, different people have owned the land. At the moment, the people who own the land are primarily um, one of the most famous treasure hunters of the, on the island, Dan Blankenship and his family, and um, a group that's referred to as the Michigan Group, which is the group that is doing the TV show that I saw. So this show, for anyone who's interested in looking into it, it's called The Curse of Oak Island, and it is on the History Channel. I'm very interested to look this up. I hope it's available in the UK. I, For your sake, I hope so, because I found it very interesting. Yes. Yeah, it um, sounds very interesting. <laughs> like, that's the sort of thing that I'm going to get lost in. Right? So, um, that group between the, the two brothers who are the core of the Michigan group, uh, Rick and Marty Lagina, as well as their partners, and um, Dan Blankenship and uh, also Fred Nolan, who were two of the like old school, like they were there back in the 50s and 60s, um, treasure hunters on the island. Between all of them, they own the majority of the island. They don't own all of it, but they own the majority of it. There's still a few spots that are privately owned. There's uh, two permanent homes so there's two permanent homes that people actually live in on a pretty regular basis. And then there's also two two cottages on the island that are sort of part-time occupied. Yeah, I get you. They're, they're holiday homes, for lack of a better word. Right. Okay. So kind of interesting with the plots that are privately owned. Like, has, has anything like even been done on those bits? 
Um, so there has been at least some done with cooperation from the landowners. Um, obviously, none of the, the Michigan group, who's the, the one actively looking on the island right now, wants to you know violate someone's property. That's not what they're after. But they do, they have, um, with permission, gone on people's land and looked at stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, because that, that, how amazing would that be if those were the ones where the actual treasure was? It's just like, well, I mean... We don't want to dig up our property, so... Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, in terms of theories, there's a yes. lot. Okay. And so we'll they're kind of all like, over the place. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like it, so we'll cover a few of the more interesting ones. So, like, which ones did you find the most interesting? I suppose is the best question. Okay. I can go... So, I think the ones that I found the most interesting were all of the ones that involved basically some some sort of conspiracy theory. Ooh, I, I am a sucker for a conspiracy <laughs> theory. Let's go. So, um, basically, the majority of the ideas of where the tr- hidden treasure on Oak Island might have come from center around someone trying to hide a big treasure. Not, not just like one or two little things, but like a big, massive treasure. And usually it involves, because of the grand scale of creating such a big booby trap, it usually involves someone with a lot of power, a lot of money, and or something that really, really, really they want to keep protected. So one of the theories of what might be buried on the island is the Ark of the Covenant. Oh, okay. Yeah. One of the biggest theories uh, that keeps coming up uh, is that the Ark of the Covenant may be buried somewhere on Oak Island. And or the Golden Menorah that was also taken from the temple. So the idea behind it, there's a couple of different level of different variations. Um but most of them involve the Templars. Makes sense. Very powerful people. Mm -hmm. So basically the idea is that through one way or another, the Templar Knights got the Ark of the Covenant and the Menorah to Oak Island and hid it there. Makes sense. That's one Uh, of the... Would explain why it's so very rigidly protected and how they managed to do it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, they'd, they'd have the people and the money mm-hmm. at the time, because this would have been back in, like, the 14, 1500s. Makes sense. So... Right when they were starting, not mm-hmm. starting, but had, like, been established for a bit. Yes, and there's several different variations of theories of who took it. So one of the ideas is that there's this... Um, Scottish Templar Knight who may have been basically the one who took it there and then made sure that it stayed there. Um, another variation of the of what of the theory is that he he went there, but he was going there as one of the protectors or like as a scout. Sure. And then later it was brought by other explorers. Uh, the, one of the okay. mo- one of the theories that I heard that I think was not necessarily the most unbelievable because 
I mean, it's so long ago that who knows anymore. But oh, just yeah, I get you. one of the ones that made me kind of go, eh? Yeah. Was um, that Columbus may have been involved. Okay. Um, right. That Christopher, okay. Col- Cr- Christopher Columbus, as well as uh, two Portuguese brothers, I th- I'm gonna, I hope I'm not butchering their name, it's like Corta Real, okay. two, two famous explorers um, who sure. are brothers. So the th- that particular theory was that um, Christopher Columbus, who had connections to the Templar Knights through his wife, as well as these two Portuguese explorers who also had connections to the Templar Knights, um, were in on the whole thing, and that they took Templar Knight treasure, including the Ark of the Covenant and possibly the menorah and other things, to the island, and that um, the Scottish Templar Knight went there as a, like, to sort of stake the claim, set it up, start getting things ready. Um, one of, sure, okay. One of the reasons that this was a theory is that the two Portuguese brothers, the Cordereals, both disappeared yeah. Oh. in that area. The fir- like, when you say in that area, like... Like, they're, they just disappeared. They were exploring and then never seen again. Okay, so, like, they didn't vanish on the island. No, not on the island specifically, just in that vicinity. The first one was there up in that general area exploring and then disappeared. And then the second one went to look for his brother and disappeared. Um, that seems a bit suspicious, yeah. Mm-hmm. But if they were connected to the Templars, why would they want to get rid of them? Well, no, not to get rid of them. Like The, the theory was that they stayed behind to guard the treasure. Oh, and the disappearance was uh, was uh, a lie, basically. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So essentially, they faked their own death. Yeah. The idea is that they right. they okay. probably had at least at least some of the people that were on their crew were Templar knights as well, or or connected to the Templar knights and had agreed to go on this mission, kind of thing. And so that their ships with their men, they went. They secured the treasure, buried everything the way they were supposed to, booby-trapped it. And then there were Native Americans. Well, okay, it's North, it's North America, so they were Native Americans who lived in that area called the Mi'kmaq. I think I'm saying that right. And um, the, this person's particular theory was basically that these Templars who had gone there to bury everything and hide everything then you know made friends with the locals and married in and sort of blended in and just became part of the ecosystem the ecosystem so that there would be no evidence that they'd ever been there huh and that way they could still watch it without anyone being suspicious of it Mm -hmm. not the most far-fetched thing i've ever heard certainly interesting but But. i mean so obviously Christopher Columbus couldn't just stay because he was a well-known person and his disappearance wouldn't would be rather bigger news than two Portuguese explorers basically. Yeah, it it would have been an even bigger issue. Um and there there's several other theories on what the the money there could have been. Um one is that it was actually French 
treasure that Marie Antoinette um, perhaps had things hidden there. Um, so in during the uh, revolution that ultimately led to Marie Antoinette and her husband's deaths, um, a lot of Marie Antoinette's jewels went missing. And so one theory is that they were hidden on the island. So according to this theory, um, which uh, has no documentation, it's just a th pretty much just a theory, is that Marie Antoinette had her one of her maids flee to the island with her jewels. And then um, she used the French Navy that was in the area to dig the pit and then hit everything. Um, and then in uh, late 2017, they did find possible evidence that could help corroborate this theory a little bit when they found a 500-year-old brooch containing a very, very large garnet. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Like, and they believe that might have belonged to her. It could have been. I mean, they're, right, they they don't have any way to corroborate it, but it's a, like, no. maybe could have been kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, all of these things are going to be a like maybe, I guess. True. Um, so there's also some people who say that it might have to do with uh, Francis Bacon and William Shakespeare. Okay. I, <laughs> I, that one I didn't expect. Yeah, this one is... I haven't actually found... Uh, looked into this one too much, so I don't know as much about this theory. Um, right. But basically, there are a few people who feel that Francis Bacon is the one who really wrote William Shakespeare's plays and that he was a uh, leader of the Rosicrucians who are very closely okay. linked to what would later become the Masons. Sure. Um, and so uh, he, someone wrote a book. So in 1953... The book is called The Oak Island Enigma, A History and Inquiry into the Origin of the Money Pit, written by a person named Penn Leary. And um, he supposedly uh, thinks that the pit is hiding manuscripts indicating that Francis Bacon was William Shakespeare. And so he also published a book called The Second Cryptographic Shakespeare in 1990, which included ciphers that he says identifies... Uh, or can be used against Shakespeare's plays and poems to point at Bacon's authorship instead of Shakespeare. That's, uh, that's a thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and there's several other people who've also written about it. Um, I won't go into all of them, but yeah. So that's one theory, is that it's actually hidden manuscripts. And part of the reason it's a theory is because at one point they did bring up a scrap of paper out of what they thought might have been a vault underneath the ground. So one th one theory is that that paper might be hidden manuscripts proving that uh, the Francis Bacon thing. <laughs> All right. <laughs> that one is uh, certainly something, is, is how I'll say <laughs> how I'll say that. Um, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, I mean... Conspiracy theories are always like this, I guess. So those, those all seem kind of interesting. What do you think? Uh, maybe as a good sort of round off, what do you think the most feasible one is so far that you see? Um, 
I'm not entirely sure which of them is the most feasible. I think I think for my round off, I want to talk about the one that I think is the most far fetched. Yeah, that, that, oh, you want to go the other way? Okay, yeah, let's, mm-hmm. okay, fine, let's do that. <laughs> so the one I've heard and read about that I think is probably the most far fetched, not because it's impossible, but just because I feel like of all of the theories, it seems the most improbable is that it is Mayan and Aztec gold. Huh. Um, okay. So there are little tidbits that do point at this being somewhat feasible. Um, right. There's a particular okay. type of clay that's referred to as blue clay that mm. was known to be very valuable in Mayan and Aztec culture. They used it for a lot of more ceremonial and important pottery and stuff like that. Sure. Okay. And, and imagery. And there's a lot of it on Oak Island. Like um, a suspiciously large amount? No, like just it's naturally occurring there. There's a lot of it. Oh, so they okay, could, if they'd made it that far north, they could potentially have been harvesting it there. Um, there's also evidence of, I can't remember if it's Aztec or Mayan, um activity you know in parts of southern united states so like we know that they came further north than might have originally been thought okay and they were you know they did they could sail they did have boats so is it possible they could have gone all the way up the coast yes it's not necessarily likely but it is possible um but one theory that i read and saw on the tv show was that um, the island, which is a very strange shape. So Oak Island is a strange shape and the two halves of it are very different. One half of it okay. is mostly slate underneath, um, uh-huh. underneath the topsoil. So just layers and layers and layers of slate. The other island or other half of the island is something called anhydrite. Okay. Which is a type of soil that occurs when like all the salt and calcium deposits from the ocean water basically start to solidify into the dirt that's already there and makes it really, really hard. So the two halves Yeah. So the two halves of the island don't really match up with each other. They're not identical. Okay. So it's almost like they were two separate land masses at one point, or two separate sources at least, that came up and formed the island. So this one theory is that they actually are two separate islands and that they were they had a small divide between the two of them very small the mayan theory that i mayan slash aztec theory that i heard and followed up with a little bit more research on was that basically the the aztecs showed up and dammed off either side where the two Uh islands were so basically they made themselves a dry area in the middle and we know they had the technology to do that yeah and then they dug tunnels things in the in that dry area Mm -hmm. okay it will in the dry area and then dug tunnels into the sides of the two islands yeah and then once they were done they filled it all in and covered it up so that it was like the two had been connected interesting um, so, and the, the idea was that they might have hidden it there because of like the blue clay, like they went there originally and then they hid some of their gold, um, at some point. 
And so that's one of the many theories. And for me personally, I feel like it's the most far-fetched, not only because of the sheer amount of work that that would have required. Absolutely, yeah. But also because even though we do know the Aztecs and Mayans got further north than we originally thought, to my knowledge, there's not a lot of evidence that they got all the way up to Nova Scotia. Not to mention that you'd, you'd expect there to be some record of an island that was in two pieces and suddenly in a full single island. Well, you would think, except that this is, that would have been happening, I mean, so many hundreds of years ago that even if there had been records, they would not necessarily still exist. That's true. Okay. It's still, I don't know whether I, I, whether I could believe that. Like, stitching an island together, that's incredibly... Uh, and, you know, like, there's no evidence to say that would even hold up mm -hmm. for however long it has. Yeah, I did say that it's the... I personally oh, think yeah. it's the least likely. Yeah, but it sounds fun. Yes, it's a fun idea, but I don't think it's as likely as some of the others. I think if there is treasure hidden on that island, that something like the Templars or one theory also that I mentioned very briefly earlier is that it's pirate treasure because pirates were known for being active in that area during the, you know, prior to when the kids found the supposed buried treasure. But the only caveat to that is would pirates have bothered building such an elaborate booby trap? And I don't know that the answer is yes. That's fair. Not unless it was some sort of like epically, epically, epically large hidden treasure chest. Yeah, makes sense. Mm. I mean, yeah, you're right. It's unlikely. Um, but it's certainly a very interesting thing which has been very elaborately set up. I kind of like the idea of it being the Templars because I always like the ideas of the Templars. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, whether that's feasible or believable, I don't know. It's, it could just be random people building elaborate traps, but more people with know-how and power would mm -hmm. does make more sense at least somewhat. I also yeah. did try to have a look briefly while we, while we were talking. I can't seem to find anywhere that that I can watch it. Oh, right that now. sucks. I, I know, I found it on Netflix. It might be on the UK one. I'll have to have a look. I'll have to have a look. You know, I think yeah. the History Channel has a YouTube. There might be clips there. I doubt, th I doubt there'll be full episodes, but I can have a look. You see, can what, check. see what I can find. I do know I yeah. have found some History Channel shows on Amazon also. Yeah, that would be my next place to look, because I would very much like to binge this. Because <laughs> it sounds really interesting, I've got to be honest. Yeah. Apparently there's like seven series, which is... Mm -hmm. I've only, so. yeah, Netflix only has season three. Okay. So that's, that's a bit all of a weird I've seen. One to have. I know, it's so random. But they only yeah. have season three, so yeah, I'm, I'm also trying to figure out, like, where can I watch more? Because <laughs> mm -hmm. I finished season was... three. <laughs> and now you need the rest. And exactly. And then once you've watched all the episodes, you're going to go to the island and you're going to start searching. You know? No. <laughs> no. No? Fair enough. Okay, well, that's a very interesting topic. Hopefully no one else dies. 
for the treasure Seriously. to be found. That well, fun. yeah, actually, um, he didn't die. Technically, he didn't die actively looking for the treasure. He was searching, but not like in the hole or anything, digging around. Um, Dan Blankenship, who's one of the old school uh, treasure hunters from back in the 60s, uh, passed away earlier this year. Hmm. Now, te- hmm. technically, he was still searching. Whether that counts per the supposed curse or not, who's to say? I think it's very dubious, but we'll find out, I guess. <laughs> All right, then. Well, uh, on that eluding note, I guess we'll wrap up for this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to find out the sh- more about the show like I said it's on the History Channel which I assume is easier for most of our listeners who are American probably to, to listen to yeah it could watch, be I suppose yeah uh, I will keep an eye out for it and yeah because I'm very interested now that's very interesting uh, so yeah we'll see you all next week with two more weeks of spoopy goodness because yep. we're halfway through we're halfway through October already yes which Yes. Yeah, so none of you we'll can see it, but I'm very happily clapping my hands yeah. together creep with yeah. creepy glee. Yeah. He- Heather is almost steepling her fingers. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, uh, we will enjoy more uh, scary horror Halloween-related things, uh, and we'll see you all next week. Bye, Thanks. guys. Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Geek Thyself. Don't forget to check out all the other amazing content on the Nerdsmith Network. If you have any questions for either of us, you can get in contact with us on Twitter at geek underscore thyself. You can also email us at geekthyself at nerdsmith.org. And please don't forget to go to iTunes and leave us a review or also go anywhere you listen to your podcasts. We'll be back next week with another informative and fun episode. And until then, don't forget to geek thyself.